As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, 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 now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media. And we decide if they should be tossed into the void of obscurity or remembered for all of human history. My name is Steve. I'm one of your hosts. And uh, with me, he's a podcaster, musician, YouTuber, plus drunken Santa. It's... It's me, uh, Steve. How dare you open me before Christmas? <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I opened you. Ugh, that sounds terrible. Like what, what's what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you opened. I thought with. you were a ro- I thought you were a robosexual. <laughs> well, I am. I am. But you're the you're the one who asked why I haven't opened you yet, and I feel like I opened you. Like no, no, no. I said, how dare you open me before Christmas? So. You should be in a box. Still? Like I'm upset about it. How dare you open me? Because you see, Steve, the the movie we're covering today is called "Don't Open Till mm-hmm, Christmas," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I said, "How dare you open me?" You know what? Let's just move along. Uh, how are you doing, I, I, Steve? I, I know you're a little under the weather, so we can let it slide. Don't call attention to it. Uh, oh, I, I mean, I, I didn't mean to call it. Are you a? Are you a, like a present sexual or <laughs> like a gift? Uh, I, I'm I'm just I'm just a gift baby, a gift, but um, the gift that I, I, keeps I on hope, taking. I hope this, I hope this illness of yours isn't at the beginning of the end. Uh, you being over six feet tall, I'm concerned. Oh, about we're back all that. You're oh, impending. We're doom. back all that again, are we? <laughs> this is yeah, this yeah. is the most British movie I think we've ever watched. Even more British than I, Dark Place. <laughs> I legitimately couldn't understand what they were saying at times, and uh, I turned on the closed captions when I was watching it on YouTube for a little bit, and it was clear the closed captions also didn't know what was going on for some of the movie. I'm glad that you mentioned YouTube. Uh, This movie is available on YouTube. However, uh, it is um, edited um, for content. And I don't know, if you don't watch the uncut version of uh, Don't Open Till Christmas, I mean, you're probably going to be sorely disappointed because there's not that much left to go on after that. Like, what what do you think? I would say that, uh, I mean, the Don't Open Till Christmas isn't available for free anywhere currently. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on a couple pay services I saw, Mm -hmm. but... I don't think it's because there's there's like four minutes cut from YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, and it's basically just some nudity, like like some boobs mm-hmm. and um, like part of a kill is cut. Right. So, as someone who watched like a lot of it, I, I ended up because uh, I forgot you had like sent me that link. I ended up watching all but like the last fifteen minutes on YouTube, and then I was like, oh damn! So then I went back and I watched <laughs> the missing parts because it's. It's very obvious what's cut, uh-huh. like in the YouTube. So then I went and I watched the cut parts mm-hmm. uh, and the file that you sent me, and it didn't add anything <laughs> really. I mean, there, there's one kind of fun kill that's 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 right. cut on YouTube a little bit, but you're not missing anything really important if you watch. Yeah, the YouTube but uh, I mean, as we're about to 
um, talk about here, though, the uh, like sort of the meandering plots and the slow uh, pacing. If you uh, like take the nudity and violence away from that, I, I think you're going to be pretty probably pretty bored. But there are some other things. I don't know, maybe worth laughing at. Um, so, I- yeah, I mean, Steve, I, I hate to spoil things right up front, but I got to be honest with you. <laughs> this was one of the, I, I mean, I surf Nazis must die is still like my, my least favorite thing we've ever covered. Don't I get knew me you were going to bring them up, but, but this, <laughs> but this is up there. Uh, and it's not even so much because of the plot mm. per se, which like you said, it is meandering. It's clunky. Um, but at least like there's a little bit of, at least for me, intrigue in the mm, uh, first third of the movie because you are kind of trying to figure out who is the sure, killer. Sure. And I thought that they did a pretty good job of making several people seem like they could <laughs> right. be the killer. So I'll give them that. But the editing is so bad. And uh, and we are about to find out why. I mean, do you do you already know why? Uh, kind of. I saw that like there were like three different directors attached yes. uh, at different various points. A bunch of stuff was like reshot, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so you definitely did your research. Kudos to you, sir. <laughs> but there was only one editor, right? Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't really list who. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the editor is on there somewhere. But when I'm, they probably had, they had to do a hack job because. All right, you know what? Let's just uh, let's dive into the obscure. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. We we have. Well, yeah. Let's go over our, our stuff. Are you okay? All right, here we go. I'd, I'd hate to disappoint anyone. <laughs> here we go. Welcome to your feature presentation. Oh, man, but uh, before we get uh, too deep into Don't Open uh, Till Christmas, um, which, you know, some might be, uh, you know, scared of such a movie where Mm. all these, like, mall Santas are constantly getting murdered, sometimes in creative ways, other times in the most boring, just sort of poke in the stomach with a knife kind of uninspired ways. Like, it might fill them with a certain kind of fear. Do you have any kind of garment that someone could wear that would make them feel better about themselves while watching Don't Open Till Christmas? You, you know, Steve, as a matter of fact, I, I have a little a little worn out uh, shirt oh, yeah? from the 90s. It's, it's been a little through the ringer, but I do have a no fear shirt of the week here to to uh inspire us yes get our courage xp oh thank goodness because i I don't think i could get through this episode without it so uh, ladies and gentlemen without further ado it's the no fear shirt of the week take it away oh sorry i was looking at the chat uh i I, i'm just i'm just so petrified already (laughs) uh there are lessons to be learned from competition but fear it's not one of them. No, no fear. fear. Mm, I don't know. Uh, let's see. I mean, this one I don't think is the worst one that you brought in, um, but it's no, no. I, I, I just I did think it was funny that they basically are saying no fear twice mm. on this shirt. <laughs> one time it just took them like two, uh, like one really long sentence to do it. Mm. Uh, Creative Cavies corners in the chat here, and since we're already going over the no fear shirt of the week, might as well do his mm. uh, user submitted. 
um, shirt here. Making impulsive decisions with no fear of the consequences, like instantly tapping a live stream notification. That's what being a real man is about. No, no fear. fear. <laughs> <laughs> man. That, that, that one goes on the front and back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like that's a very, I like updated for, you know, 2023, about to be 2024. Man, if we don't start our own line of no fear shirts, but we've got to like, I don't know, somehow since no fear as a brand still exists in energy drink form, we have to like, yeah, I know maybe it's like, and, and the Christians already took fear not <laughs> for their off brand. I should start bringing those. Oh yeah. The... Yeah. That would be funny. Well, we have to be like, that... what's enough. We, we could do no. And then put those little German umlauts over the O no fur. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Something along those lines. No fur. I guess it'd be four eggs. It's like an ooh sound. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll work yeah, on we're it. Gonna we'll, work we'll work on it. Um, so, uh, but, uh, in the meantime, wait, all right, we got another one here. This time I'll read this one twerking while flossing. That's what real hygiene is all about. Be yourself. Embrace the cringe. No fear. <laughs> Someone's had the, the week off to work on these. Maybe the brand can be no cringe because we're just like unaware. Yeah. Of the oh, cringe. that's, that's good. See? Already, these are billion-dollar ideas uh, seeping in. And uh, speaking of billion-dollar ideas, let's get back uh, to the movie. <laughs> Don't open till uh, Christmas. Um, it premiered in the United States December 21st, 1984, just in time for the holidays. Uh, it is one hour, 26 minutes, and rated R. And uh, here is a synopsis. Somebody with very little Christmas spirit is killing anyone in a Santa suit one L London holiday season, and Scotland Yard has to stop him before he makes his exploits an annual tradition. Uh, so, um, jumping right into this, uh, as you hell uh, briefly mentioned at the top of the show, this uh, movie basically had three directors. It started out with uh, director and sort of pseudo main star Edmund Purdom. Um, and I'll let you uh, get into his uh, acting credits, but this is uh, the only film that he ever directed. And I can see why. And the thing is, is that he didn't even uh, finish it. He like quit, um, which. Yeah. It's not, it sounds like he started directing it and was like, Ooh, this is not for me. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's like if, if his terrible direction is what uh, sort of, uh, kicked off like because there's it's very uneven over over the entire movie like sometimes uh, what happens is kind of interesting other times it's mostly boring and it's all shot in like wide to medium shots and and as you said like uh, the editing is very uh, minimal and anyway we'll get to it soon enough but uh, uh, also part of his uh, contract with doing this film was that he got to, to direct it. So, so yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right. Halfway through, he was like, Ooh, maybe, maybe being a director is not for me. And uh, sort of just uh, <laughs> dipped out. And that's when uh, the writer director, Derek Ford um, took over as director and he was then, and writer, he was also hired to rewrite some of the scenes he was fired after two days. Uh, and then this guy named Ray Self, who I've always heard he has a very strong sense of self. He, uh, he came in and took over and um, 
here are some of the things that he all these guys are like uh exploitation um like filmmakers more or less i mean derek ford and ray self um i didn't really look too much into some of the stuff that edmund Purdom acted in because i want to hear about it straight from the mouth of one yehel velasquez in just a second um but uh ray self directed can i come to uh emmanuel in soho and something called white cargo which can only be about one thing and that is probably white slavery <laughs> but uh yeah and i don't want to know what uh can i come to is about <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah and uh derek ford he wrote and directed a few films before this one uh also exploitation uh gems i'm holding up quotation marks here uh keep it up jack the casting couch <laughs> And the girl from Starship Venus. Uh, you know, yeah, hell, I find it comforting that even back in the, the 70s, they were, they were make, making casting couch videos. I know they're a, they're a favorite of yours. Uh, <laughs> sure, Steve. By, by the way, I, I looked up uh, Can I Come To? Uh, and, uh, yeah, it appears to be exactly what I thought it was about. Um, the management and staff at Brixton Savoy Cinema prepared for the premiere of the new sex film, Love in the undergrowth. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. But uh, yeah, so it seems like um, it's exactly what uh, I assumed it would be about. So yes, we... So th thanks for bringing this fine director to our attention. Hey, no problem. Yeah, we've got a real um, group of A-listers here working on um, Don't Open Till Christmas. Um, so uh, some of the writers here... Uh, it started off being written by uh, Alan Birkinshaw. I guess he probably did uh, the bulk of the writing. Uh, he previously wrote uh, a few movies, uh, Invaders of the Lost Gold, everyone's favorite, I'm sure, and uh, Killer's Moon. And uh, that's pretty much it. Like As, as you can see, I think uh, this movie for a lot of people is like, oh, this is my chance to direct. This is my chance to write. And then they came out with the movie and they never got a chance again for the most part. And uh, <laughs> for good reason. Yeah, there were a few people in this that this was their last film. <laughs> First and last. Um, and uh, that is pretty much going to do it for me. Uh, so uh, tell us who are some of the, the thespians who brought, uh, brought this movie to life. All right, I'm not really going to go over, you know, these are all like very old British actors for the most part. Oh, everybody's dead um, who was involved with this. So feel free to speak ill of I them, think so. everybody. Yes. Well, I, I it's just, you know, going to be a bunch of like movies that we've never heard sure. of. So uh, Edmund Purdom, who you mentioned earlier, the director for a couple days, <laughs> he is probably the most notable, mm -hmm. it looks like, of the cast as far as acting goes acted all the way up to 2001. Then he died eight years later, presumably after finally seeing Don't Open Till Christmas. <laughs> died of embarrassment. Yep. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. A lot of it is like I, like not like non-English films mm -hmm. um, and TV stuff. So it all looks pretty poorly rated on IMDb <laughs> for the most part. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe he was like the... Uh, Samuel L. Jackson or Nicolas Cage of his day where he just wouldn't say no. Or maybe he couldn't say no. Maybe he had a tax right. to pay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyways, he plays Chief Inspector Harris. He's kind of, I guess you could say, one of one of the main protagonists, I, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard. This is a weird movie. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Alan Lake, uh, who plays Giles Harrison. 
Uh, spoiler alert, that ends up being his brother. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Wow. All right, we'll just skip the walkthrough then. <laughs> oh, it's not Giles. It's Giles. Giles. Yes, I yes. forgot. Giles. Uh, Belinda Main plays Kate Brioski. Uh, that's like the uh, other somewhat main. There's a, there's almost like three main protagonists. Yeah. Edmund, uh, excuse me, Chief Inspector Harris, mm-hmm. Kate Brioski, and then we have a character, Cliff Boyd, played by Gary, or maybe it was Jerry, I don't know how we're pronouncing G's here, mm. uh, Jerry Sundquist. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, it, you know, he stopped acting in 1992, so he at least did act for a while. He was in Blind Justice, which I thought we had talked about before. Yeah, I feel like I it's uh, come up in other IMDb's, but um, yeah, we've never, I don't, I'm, don't, you know, you know, you and I have never like picked it apart, basically. Yeah. This guy though that that plays Cliff, did you get Doctor Julian Sanchez, Rick Sanchez vibes? Oh man, I got uh, you know Dark Place vibes all over this. This movie actually feels like something that Garth Marenghi would have written and directed. Uh, you know, right? I mean, did you get those vibes as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's random close-ups, unnecessary close-ups to people, like when it makes no sense. There's like these unnecessarily long establishing shots that have nothing to do with the there film. Are, there are scenes that just don't need to be there. Like, I mean, it'll be in the walkthrough, like where someone will call someone and then it'll like all these scenes end so quickly and then add nothing to the plot or the story. Uh, it, yeah, it's it, it's ridiculous. Like there'll be like somebody is suddenly like trapped or they're in a building and someone's about to start chasing them. And then the next cut isn't how they got out the building or anything, which it, it's set up in a way that you see, they have to go upstairs and like, like they're deep inside this building. The next shot is just them like mid run down the street. Yeah. And it's just like, what, how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah. I've got it all. I've got it all in the notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I, I don't mean to step on your toes. But no, no, no. You're, uh, then we've you're got... absolutely right. Yeah. Cliff, um, with his massive mullet, uh, was uh, totally uh, Dr. Sanchez, uh, for sure. And, and if we could just, okay, one thing about Cliff, and I know you're going to go over it later, but, uh, oh, I should say Smoke Monster is here in the chat. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Yes, thank you for the last um, live stream, probably, of 2023. Throughout the movie, Cliff is like, there's a few scenes where he's playing, uh, is it a piccolo? Oh, it's a flute. Is that what it's he's a straight playing? up flute. It's a mm-hmm. flute. It's like a, there's a giant flute. Mm-hmm. And he's like playing it in the streets. Uh, and uh, apparently it's what he does for money. And his girlfriend, Kate, mm-hmm. is the one collecting the money that's donated for his playing. But Kate, we learn right away, is rich. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we have to make our own little head cannon, um, basically, where, you know, Kate uh, cares more about Cliff than she does about daddy's money, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but but daddy's dead. He's the first person that gets right. killed. So she, and they say she's going to get his mm-hmm. money. Yeah, really. I mean, it just adds to the many plot holes and question marks of the screenplay that is. But what, what cracks me? Yeah, go ahead. So what cracks me up is, though, that Cliff is clearly supposed to be some kind of bad boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got, like, a tight leather vest. You know, <laughs> he, he put... <laughs> he uh, sticks his nose up at authority, all that stuff. But yet, there's scenes where he's just like, 
like jumping uh, playing his piccolo like or flute like on the street and just like having a good old time this is my uh this is my hypothesis if you will it's like so they cast i can't remember whoever whoever plays cliff and they're like uh so uh you're going to be a bit of a bad boy you play the guitar or drums perhaps uh no mate i play the flute good enough you're in like that's it well the thing is he clearly doesn't play like there's like like the music will be all like do 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 and he might move like a finger half a centimeter right. uh but anyway uh the last person from the cast uh that i guess is like worth mentioning well there's two mark jones who plays detective sergeant powell uh and then we've got kelly baker playing uh uh sherry graham who's like a uh like a what do you call her like like a a peep, peep show, show dancer, girl. I guess. Yeah, yeah. What was, what was her name again? I never even caught it in the movie. Sherry Graham Sherry was the character. Graham. Okay, I just referred to her as Peep Show Girl. Like I thought they called her Experience Girl in the credits. Um, maybe that was someone else. Uh, no, uh, Experience Girl, I think, is somebody else. Okay. Well, or who knows? I mean, it's not like this is a particularly well organized no, we have to be uh, better than <laughs> don't open till christmas i, I want to be worse <laughs> but uh, yeah i think i that's about all the cast i feel like mentioning mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's all we really need to hear buddy um but uh man the name alan lake sounds just like alan wake you know i don't know it got me thinking yeah yeah game. yeah it does it does so uh our cold open uh we open on a, a seedy alley at night a dude in a Santa suit is just standing around. It looks like he's like stretching. It's like he just he's about to go run a marathon or something. And then a woman shows up. They hug and like very briefly, I don't know, like, it, like you can barely sort of make out what they say to each other. Like, oh, have you been waiting long or whatever? Then they go to the back seat of a nearby Volvo, which is sort of back further in the alley, and they just start getting it on. They couldn't drive the Volvo to like a nearby, you know, apartment or hotel or, or flat, as they like to call it. Uh, no, no, they had to get it on right then and there in that alley because that's what these people are into. And that's okay. We're not here to shame. It's 1984, Steve. It's a different time. <laughs> I'm sure there's still plenty of uh, um, Volvo uh, humping going on these days. But uh, anyway, the camera, I actually kind of liked the uh, camera work at the beginning here. The camera sort of uh, slowly trucks in on the car. Then you hear heavy uh, breathing. It's uh, basically they just ripped off um, the so- sort of same camera movements from Halloween. In fact, this whole thing is basically a Halloween ripoff, only they mixed in Christmas instead, and they're all British, and it's not nearly as competent as anything John Carpenter has ever done. But anyway, so the man with his thick British accent, he tells whoever is like looking into the car, which you never see them because it's all POV from the camera. That's right. Here on uh, Don't Open Till Christmas, you are the psycho at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he goes, come on, get on out of here, clear off. And then, um, and then this, the camera sort of uh, pans or trucks around to the other side of the car uh, to look in again. And uh, then the guy, um, he's, he's had enough. He jumps out of the car to confront the guy, only to get uh, stabbed in the gut. And then the woman, 
rather than closing the door, I mean, I guess she couldn't because her man's body is kind of like blocking the door. She runs out of the other side of the car directly into the corner of the alley, trapping herself, resulting in a knife to the gut from our killer. What were your thoughts on this cold open yell? It did not inspire uh, a lot of confidence. The the kill looked pretty bad. The blood looked uh, pretty pretty bad too. It definitely did not look like blood at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's seventies um, blood. Seventies blood. Yeah, unfortunately, it's nineteen eighty four. Yeah, but you uh, know, the, <laughs> this was probably shot in the seventies. They said it like took two years for them to complete this, um, and you know how it is. So that would be like nineteen. All right, so early eighties. Like, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it's still pretty bad. As far no, as I mean, I, and goes. I'm not disagreeing. But what I'm just trying to say is, you know, early eighties is still the seventies. It's not like the eighties yet. You get what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sure. By the way, Creative KV in the chat pointed out that in the poster, the box, the gift box mm. is like bleeding. Uh, he's like, why is it bleeding? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a small person in there. There you go. Uh, and uh, he also said that they should hire you as the head of the British embassy. I think he's referring to your uh, very accurate accent there, bloke. Uh, well, I thank uh, you there, old chum. <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I wasn't... Uh, too enthused mm-hmm. about the the opening um but uh i cuz you know i feel like the your first kill should be something maybe not not your biggest kill right cuz you want to build things up but it should be something cool and attention grabbing if you're going to have your horror movie have like a kill for the cold open so it was a bit of a lie. I agree 100%. Um, when uh when we started just getting gut stabs it gave me um flashbacks to new year's evil you remember that movie from last year mm-hmm. where uh yeah just a lot of the kills were very um just very uncreative and uh i was just like wow this opening it's not uh creative enough not violent enough nor sleazy enough <laughs> so uh yeah not creative caving no definitely not and uh yeah i thought uh we were going to be in for a uh, a snooze fest. I don't. I wouldn't say we received a snooze fest. <laughs> More like a, uh, I don't know, a puzzle box of questions um, about who, mm, like like a J.J. Abrams style puzzle box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> By the way, I I do want to point out too in the chat here. Smoke Monster had said that everyone in this sounds like a chimney sweep. And at first I thought he meant uh, you, uh, but uh, then I realized he must be like watching it or have watched it. Because, yeah, they all sound like... Yeah, like Dick Van Dyke uh, at, at times from it Mary sounds Poppins. Like, in some scenes, it sounds like they're trying to like out-British one another. <laughs> like, the accents just get like completely unintelligent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, then they roll the credits, um, and, uh, and it's r- just, a, again, a rip-off of Halloween... Uh, next to the credits is a creepy Santa figure that is on fire for some reason, you know, almost like the jack-o'-lantern from Halloween. Uh, the figure melts and it reveals a knife around it. Um, is uh, Now, they have jingle bells, like the, a rendition of jingle bells playing behind the opening. Was it, to you, was it creepy or annoying? Annoying. Uh, how about you? <laughs> I agree. I mean, they were trying to be creepy, but... Nah, not nah, that. Definitely annoying. It, it, it actually took me like a little bit to even recognize that it was mm-hmm, Jingle Bells. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So, uh, since this is the early 80s, of course we have to cut to a discotheque. Uh, for some reason, everyone is in costume, which I, I was like, is this supposed to take place during Halloween? Um, but I guess it's a <laughs> costume Christmas party. Uh, I can't say I've ever been to one of those, but hey, maybe that's how they do things, the old jolly UK. Um, so, uh, everyone is in costume. Once again, the camera is sort of like, you know, trucking through the, uh, the audience. And then we end up in the dressing room, uh, where a guy is dressed up as Santa and he's practicing his Santa voice. Um, a woman arrives and tells him he puts, uh, put on too much rouge. And, uh, he says, Oh, I look like a gay old queen or something like that. Um, which they wanted, yeah. they wanted us to know that, Santa was looking a little on the effeminate side for some reason. And then somebody else walks mm. in and says that he looks like a gay old queen. So they really, <laughs> really wanted to drive it home. Well, you see, hell, there was a trend going on of uh, gay Santa jokes back in the early 80s. And they were really trying to cash I, in on it. I mean, is was it like illegal to be gay in the UK or something? Because later there's a scene where I, I i guess i'll wait till we get to it but one of the characters is like oh well i'll just say it now like there's a cliff is uh outside with a with a woman that's dressed in a santa costume and two cops are like i don't know like two blocks away but they see him and uh when the when cliff notices that the cops see them cliff yells something like oh no They'll think we're a couple of gays run right well i i mean i, I was just like what? i mean i know one of the like the big things from, I guess, the late 70s and early 80s is that they would send out undercover cops to try to catch people having public gay sex, basically, because I don't think it's you've I mean, you've never heard of that. Like, that's like the entire premise of the movie uh, Cruising, basically. No, I, I mean, I mean, I've certainly heard of that. I just didn't think in 19. Uh, well, you know what, though, like you said, this film it came out in 84, but it was you know probably filmed late 70s or i mean probably early 80s like 1980 or something mm -hmm. but yeah so uh, yeah smoke monster was saying that it was illegal there so uh, at the time so yeah anyways it was just it was just weird yeah well it's just <laughs> an excuse to have uh cliff run away um anyway um but uh yeah we'll, we'll get yeah to back it. to the film here there is a hooded fig oh okay, yeah so now we're back on the dance floor someone introduces santa and he comes out and says he has gifts for everyone uh, in the background, there was a hooded figure skulking behind Santa with a spear for some reason. Santa says he has gifts for everyone. He pulls out a um, party favor, you know, the little <laughs> one of those things, and uh, blows on it. And somehow this spear gets launched at amazing speed. And it pierces the back of Santa's head and goes through his mouth. Um... And, uh, and the, the, the best part of this should have been the opening. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like I was like, whoa, well, all right, this is a little bit better than a little poke in the gut. But the thing that, uh, sort of took me aback about this scene is how does the crowd react to a man getting a spear through the back of the skull here? You hell. The crowd goes mild, yeah. I would <laughs> they, say. They don't uh... care. Like a man was just murdered in front of them and they're just standing there like this. Like some of them are like this and others yeah. are like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, assuming that this was directed by, um, Purdom or whatever, it's like he forgot to tell the extras how to react to someone being murdered. 
I, I like to think that Purdom thinks of himself as being such a cool, suave character. He just told everybody, like everybody, like they did one take and everybody freaked out. He's like, no, 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 baby. You got to play it cool, baby. <laughs> there, though, all right, that crowd was just too British to be bothered by someone being murdered. There you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he told them to play it like their, their tea was stone cold. <laughs> uh, nice. And thus, he started calling himself Stone Cold Purdom from there on out. Um, so, uh, all right. One lady is kind of sad and one guy grabs, uh, oh yeah. Um, Cliff, he sees like a mask that's out of place and he runs over and grabs it, but it just turns out it's being propped up by a broomstick, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, how very, uh, Scooby-Doo it's like, um, mm-hmm. like the, how could that look like a person at all? But whatever, you just kind of have to kind of have to go with it. Um, and yeah, that is, um, basically the third kill of the film. Um, and then now we are at, uh, new Scotland yard, which, uh, for those of you who aren't too hip on what goes on in the UK, that's a police station more or less. But, uh, so we go into an office at, uh, the new Scotland yard. How would you describe the, uh, the office here? You hell. Uh man, it was it was cheap. One hundred percent. There's like a wall covered in just one big <laughs> mat, uh, and that was about all the set dressing outside of you know like a lamp. And uh, the funny thing uh, is, um, as the movie progresses, like the background changes. It goes from a map to like a chalkboard with just random names written on it. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, 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 and then. Towards the end, doesn't it go back to the uh, map? It's, it's very possible that it does. But, uh, yeah, you they put, like, no effort into making this looking like uh, a busy police station. And, uh, yeah, there's three cops in there. Two of them are reading the same newspaper, which is funny to me. And then uh, enter uh, Inspector Harris, who I thought was going to be, like, our main protagonist. But I guess... Since the actor quit, I don't know, halfway through the film, that guy, the guy Powell ends up taking over. You'll see. Anyway, two of those other cops <laughs> leave. Um, Harris and Powell, they start chatting for a minute about, you know, the, the Santa Claus murders or whatever. And then they just leave. Um, just out of, and there's a lot of that going on throughout the movie. Is, uh, characters arrive, they have a very brief conversation, and then they leave. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything to add about that scene? Uh, no, although I do remember, don't they like the two, uh, investigators or cops Mm -hmm. or whatever, don't they say at one point, like, Oh, put the paper away. Uh, you know how the chief gets nervous when he sees his picture in the papers? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. But then we never even really see the chief. No, no, but. So why give him like some character traits? Their chief is a wonton from uh, Dark Place, basically. Because <laughs> we never see wonton, but man, is he always he's breaking people's balls left and right. Yeah. Um, so in the chat, by the way, creative Kobe, <laughs> creative Kavi had written uh, this. Uh, <clears throat> Oi, what what going over? You know, maybe you should read this, Steve, because I can't do the. Uh, all right, let me, it, I'm looking like, for it. Two messages, two messages down. Two messages down from the, from the second to last thing I wrote. Okay, let's see the plot. It's right underneath something smoke monster. Um, 
Oh, shoot. Why isn't the... All right. So I've got... Um, is, is Creative KB or Smoke Monster? Creative KB. I've got... Uh, the plot is leaving me so gobsmacked, bloody rubbish. I. It's before that. Okay. It's before that. It's like eight messages before but, that. It starts with, oi. Okay, all right. Let me see that. Oh, yeah. Oi, we're going over to the YouTube to watch some obscurity haste in it. <laughs> <laughs> you use the translator online no joke <laughs> nice nice it's pretty I'm, good i'm though. digging it yeah 100 uh all right so um all right so now basically powell and harris are at um the house of uh, kate who is the daughter of the santa claus the second santa claus we saw murdered the one who was who got the the, the yeah, night got club. a spear to the back of the head um Let's see. Um, they go inside. Uh, oh, yeah. Basically, they go to talk to her first because they realize that her dad is rich and she stands to inherit all of his money. So automatically, they're assuming that this was a plot by her. So now we're in Kate's apartment. Uh, Cliff, her boyfriend, um, answers the door. Uh, his beautiful mullet blowing in the breeze. Uh, the detectives uh, walk in um, in the most awkwardly shot like handheld you could possibly imagine. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and also edited weird. There's a few mm-hmm. awkward handheld shots in this movie. And all of that handheld was done just so Harris can go sit on the couch next to Kate and ask her some questions. And does uh, Kate give you, um? shoot, I can't, who was the, <laughs> the female from Dark Place? Doesn't she remind you of her? Oh, um, Doctor. I can't remember the act, the uh, the character's Liz, name, but Liz. Um, I, I Liz. I, I guess a little bit in her delivery. Oh yeah, because there's a yeah. We'll 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 get. But then later in the movie, like like at the beginning of the movie, they kind of do make her seem a little mm-hmm. ditzy. But then by the end of the movie, she's like the one that like puts everything together. Right. When you uh, first saw her, did you think that she was like supposed to be strung out on drugs or something? No, I didn't think that. Uh, did you think that because she's got some bags under her oh, yeah. eyes? Yeah, I mean, she just, I guess they were trying to make it look like she was crying or whatever, but I was at. Yeah, yeah. I, I assumed that like it was supposed to be like because her father died. Sorry, Steve, when, when people's parents die, some people uh, cry. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to joke about that. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, Powell says they don't have a lot of clues, but Cliff says, uh, well, what about that shrunken head? I told you about them there, inspector. And, um, and then it, uh, Harris and Kate exchange a few more. Kate says, my dad didn't have any enemies. And then he's like, Harris, any enemies, en- enemies, uh, and then Harris oh, okay. is like, oh, we have to make sh- sure that no one else ends up being a victim of the Santa killer. And then we get an abrupt cut right there. Like uh, this was, uh, I would say, maybe one of the f- maybe the first sort of cut where I was like, Ugh, what's going on with the uh, with the editing here? Because they're just sitting on a couch and then bam, like they we never see them leave or anything. Well, what did you think? Right. Yeah, it it was very uh, off-putting. Mm-hmm. Like, cause this is when they cut to like the alley, right yep, at night. Yep, yep, yep. Cause, cause and, and I think it was like implied that it was daytime when they were at the apartment. So it's just like not only are we suddenly somewhere else, which I mean that, that's okay, I guess, but there was just no transition to it, and suddenly it's like night, and 
it felt like something completely disconnected from everything you had seen so far in the movie. Yeah, they could at least uh, have done a... Um... <laughs> Uh, maybe they couldn't afford like a crossfade to indicate the passage of time, but uh, whatever. Maybe they just. By the way, uh, it, over. in the chat, Creative Cavey uh, mentioned that you sound like the narrator for a Thomas the Tank Engine knockoff direct to VHS. Thank movie. you. That's what this movie deserves. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> yes, as you hell said, um, we hard cut to another seedy alley at night. And again, there's a guy in a Santa suit. And for some reason, he's keeping warm by a grill. Um, he's like a homeless yeah, Santa. Yes, I, I mean, this movie is really nothing but like random guys in Santa suits uh, being attacked. Uh, so if, if you don't like yeah. that, you're going to hate this movie. Uh, you still might hate it, but we'll see. Uh, and so out of nowhere, uh, I guess the killer just shows up, strangles him with this like, I don't know, it's like a massive zip tie, basically. And not only does he strangle him, he forces his head into the grill. Um, and then they they pull back. You, you hear like the sizzling, like fajitas being brought to your table at yeah, Chili's. <laughs> well said, yeah. And um, and then they played the My Baby Backflip <laughs> song. Very awkward. <laughs> oh, man, that takes me back. That should be a shirt. Um and uh, you actually get to see sort of the killer's like weird plastic mask, which uh, uh, briefly in this scene, which again gave me um, New Year's Evil kind of vibes. Uh, I don't think it's the exact same mask, but very similar, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, and anyway, the killer, he just casually puts uh, fake Santa here back onto the grill, and then he magically bursts into flames. <laughs> What were your thoughts on this yeah. murder? Uh, th this is like the one of the murders where you told me, oh, this is the murder that you were like, oh, you got to watch the um, the, uh, the, yeah. the real version, the uncensored version, too. It's like the it ends in a funny way. And yeah, it is kind of funny just because like the, the, the guy's just like laying now face first on the grill after the killer leaves. And you expect that it's going to, you know, stay, hang there for like a couple seconds and then cut to the next scene. But then suddenly it's there too long. And then suddenly bursts into flames. Like, yeah, very. For, yeah, like his whole very body. Very dark place uh, for sure. Um, so then we get um, a guy riding a motorcycle with a gift strapped to the back, like through a neighborhood. I mean, stuff like this, like showing the guy delivering the, the gift. It's like, this is what you spent your budget on. Like nobody, we didn't need to see the, the motorcycle delivery right. guy. But anyway... It gets delivered to the inspector, but it says don't open till Christmas. And Inspector Harris, I guess he's all about following the rules, even though his like housekeeper wanted to open it. He's like, no, no, I'm a proper British man. I won't open it. <laughs> and uh, so now we're back at the police station again. And that's how abruptly the scenes end. They're just like that quick. And they, you know, even though this one actually did technically add to the to the sort of plot or story if you will that's like all that happened there but but by the way steve i don't know if this is on purpose or not but i noticed in the obscuratron it's just been showing the no fear shirt oh, this whole time for... so it looks like we're talking about the no fear <laughs> shirt for like the last 30 minutes like a bunch of psychopaths thank you for bringing that to my attention there we go there's caroline monroe probably the best thing about this movie um all right, moving on. Um, so, 
where were we? All right. Um, all right. So now we're back at the police station and we get another very boringly shot scene of Inspector Harris and Inspector Powell discussing the case. It is literally just one giant wide shot um, or two shot, if you will. And it never cuts and it's uh, super boring. So uh, moving on. Now we're back with uh, Cliff and Kate. Cliff is practicing. At first I thought he was practicing his flute, but I mean, the guy is a pro, so he doesn't even need to practice. Yeah, he's a pro. Yeah, yeah. Again, very um, boringly shot, basically one wide shot. Uh, And this is where, uh, and then cut to uh, Powell. He gets a call from reporter Giles. This is our first time seeing this character, Giles, out of nowhere. He asks him, if he'd like to solve this case on his own, he doesn't want uh, Harris involved for some unknown reason, uh, which he hell already spoiled, but, um, but we'll get to it. And, uh, but of course, Powell is like, um, Oh, uh, you know, Oh, uh, you know, he basically Britishes him away more or less. Um, and uh, I don't think there's anything more to add about that one. And now, we're back into our favorite setting in this movie, and that is uh, a alley at night. And there is another uh, fake Santa, and um, he's just hanging out, and he just uh, gets shot in the mouth by the killer. Um, and this is when I started to get frustrated because I was like, "How about some oh, this?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, just I guess this more frustrated me as like a horror movie fan. I was like, how about some consistency here? It's like you can't use like edged weapons and then switch to a gun. It's like make up your mind there, you know, uh, slashy. Yeah, like he doesn't have a he doesn't have like a signature killing style. Right. But then he's always flashing around this uh, straight razor. It's like, why not just stick with that? Like, but that probably would have been more boring i mean why not use the spear again (laughs) but you get what i'm saying uh so now reporter giles just randomly runs into kate on the street and uh they have a a brief exchange and this is when kate totally reminded me of liz because she goes i have to go now did you uh did they did you pick up on Mm -hmm. that yeah Uh, yeah and then now we're with harris he walks the streets of uh london at night Cliff plays his flute in the subway station as Kate holds the hat. That is really sad that that is her job. Like, can't Cliff just put the hat on the ground? Like, but whatever. Kate, she loves them bad boys, I guess. I guess so. And, you know, in the chat, Smoke Monster was saying that his kill style should be, like, Christmas-themed. And I totally agree. Like, I'm sure it's been done before, but maybe some kind of candy cane-related weapon or... You know anything i mean it just would have taken like maybe more than just one like sort of a draft of the screenplay to come up with that you know mm-hmm. um so yeah basically they have a little chat um, um and uh then uh cliff's friend jerry shows up out of nowhere and uh basically he uh um they go to a bar really like there's really no reason for them yeah, it's weird. Re- yeah, like Jerry like introduces mm-hmm. himself. Um, he says like to Kate, "Oh, uh, you look familiar. Did I see you on TV recently?" And she like walks off upset. And then Cliff is like, "Hey, man, yeah, she was on TV talking about her dad's murder." 
and Jerry's like, ah, fuck, let's go have a drink. Uh, right. Then they go, then they end up at this bar, and like, this is like the most difficult to understand conversation. I would love to tell you about specifics between Jerry and Cliff's conversation, mm-hmm. but it just tied to like like those kind of right. Well, what we can glean from what happens afterwards is basically Jerry. Um, tells Cliff that he's in a bind, that he needs like an additional model for some kind of shoot. So uh, Cliff, uh, since he's uh, such a great boyfriend, he goes ahead and volunteers Kate uh, to do it. And I just, this is like the just the top of like sleaze here. It's like, never mind that her dad just died. Uh, I'm like, ah, sure. My, uh, my girlfriend would love to be. And you're like, weird like erotic topless um like photo shoot despite the fact that her dad right but, uh, as we're about to see so and, and he tells her oh it's an easy 50 right. <laughs> and it's like she's rich <laughs> yeah they just can't seem so cliff mm-hmm. is an mm-hmm. idiot he's a flutist a flautist i don't i don't know what flautist, the you got it yeah, term yeah. Is flautist a flautist sexual mm. Uh, and, um, also a bad boy. Like this guy is all over the, but, but they also kind of imply that he genuinely cares about mm-hmm. Kate. I, like it, his, his character is so all over no, the No, 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 no. You got it all insane. wrong. Hell. It's the eighties. So boys will be boys. Am I right? You're just allowed to be a big old misogynist right, and it's right. okay. That's yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah. So Kate leaves and then. Cliff and the other girl end up like outside. Wait, wait, we're not, we're where, not like, there the yet. Almost. All right. So, oh, I'm so sorry. They I'm abruptly sorry. cut from the bar to. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no I'm sorry. problem. Jerry taking pictures of this topless woman in a cape wearing um, like fetish gear, basically um, showing off the rack. I mean, whatever. It's an 80s slasher movie. What do you want? And uh, and then. Like, I mean, and it's like the longest, like, shoot. Like, they knew, like, they were like, oh, this is all we got. All we got is, like, an attractive, topless woman. The rest of the movie is trash, so we might as well make the most of it. Um, so uh, then Cliff and Kate finally uh, walk in, and that's when uh, sort of uh, Cliff basically reveals that he volunteered uh, Kate to be a part of this, uh, you know, very, I don't know, this, I guess it's uh, modeling fetish wear, uh, more or less, and uh, yeah, to do like a photo shoot with the other right. girl. So like they do so for them to do one together, and that's when he says, "Oh, come on, Kate, it's an easy 50. <laughs> yeah. and it's like again, Kate is rich, right, right. And even though Kate is outraged, she hasn't left yet. It's not until Jerry brings out a Santa suit, and then she finally gets angry and storms out, um, and. And then what I love here is that Cliff, he's at a um, emotional crossroads or maybe a moral crossroads. He's like, should I go and chase after me bird or should I stay here and take some naked pictures? And uh, (laughs) and the answer for Cliff was to take the model outside in the Santa suit, although she's not wearing anything underneath, more or less, and... Was it even clear where they were going or what they were going to do? So, yeah, yeah, because Jerry and Cliff talked about who was going to do what for the shoot, and Cliff said that he wanted to do the street pictures. Mm. But uh, Smoke Monster in the chat said, how did you find this movie? 
uh, with the hmm emoji and smoke. I don't know. Steve brought this to my attention. Um, uh, I don't know. I every year I go. Oh, I type in the Google Christmas horror movies, and this one popped up. I assumed that RoboCop was going to appear at some <laughs> point, uh, based on Steve's recent. Uh, that's that's actions, all I like however, now is RoboCop. Yeah. I would have been very happy if RoboCop had shown Me up. Me too. Actually. If he showed up at the end. Oh, I I know you would have been happy. <laughs> 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 all right, so uh, as uh, previously mused uh, by you, hell. All right, so Cliff and Cheryl, the model, are walking outside, um, and uh, I, for some reason, this, this, this is when they, the cops they see the cops. See right, them. but before the cops, though, I think Cheryl is like trying to come on to him or stuff or something. There's some more. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. A yeah, little she's bit. Like hitting on she's them. like showing off her racks some even even more for some reason, and uh, then the cops show up. So Cliff, being the man of valor that he is, uh, just freaks out and runs away. So now uh, they can't get back into the door I, I, after saying, "Hey, we better go." They're going to think we're a couple of gays. Yes. Even though if the cops showed up, they would see that it's a woman. <laughs> it's the I lamest. Mean, and if they had any doubts. She's naked right. underneath, so it would be very quickly confirmed. But I, I guess the point of this, though, is to make Cliff run away mm-hmm. so that when the killer pops up in the next cut, when Cheryl's also trying to run away because they split, mm-hmm. um, to make us think, oh, maybe Cliff is the killer. and He just ran away to put on his mask. Right. Right, exactly. But I think the bigger question... Oh, well, yeah, let me get to the end of the scene, and then I'll ask. Uh, so, yeah, basically... Um, Cheryl runs straight into our killer and we get a um, big shot of his uh, plastic face mask or whatever. Uh, you can pretty much clearly see that it's um, Giles underneath because nobody yeah, else. At this time it was very. Yeah. Nobody else has those. Giles has a giant space between his two front teeth and he <laughs> smiles. Yeah. And some pretty, uh, pretty creepy looking eyes. I mean, I would say if you're going to cast a, psycho killer this uh whoever the guy's playing giles is a pretty safe bet um so you're waiting on old uh, the slasher here giles um to waster he like brings out his straight razor and of course runs it up and down her like almost naked body and then whoa freak out uh he decides not to kill her um and then he just leaves and then she goes and leans against a wall, and those cops from before, they come up and uh, they help her. Um, and then another, uh, anything else to add about that scene? Oh, no, no. Uh, you know, thankfully they realize that, uh, you know, it's she's not uh, in a gay male relationship, and uh, they help her. <laughs> what I love here is like, all right, I could just see the uh the the screenwriters or maybe they're having like uh their one production meeting or whatever it's like oi we need to come up with a reason to get our boy here cliff to run away it's like yeah i don't run away from nothing i'm british it's like oh yeah what about being gay oh that's it let's use it and that's how they came up with that (laughs) scene yeah yeah true story true story all right so hard cut to powell and harris uh, showing up at someone else's apartment, and it turns out that it's uh, Cheryl's place. I mean, she's, like, not really dressed to to meet visitors, and she's in bed. But they just go ahead and walk on in. 
because uh, that's I guess that's just what British cops do. Uh, and they basically the big question here is, did you see his face? Did you see that? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, the running sort of running gag or theme, if you will, is that, oh, it's his eyes. They kind of smiled behind the mask like is. What does that even mean? Say, what, what, yeah, yeah, right. Does that even mean? Someone thought he was being uh, clever with his like word choices yeah. there. Um, and and this is not the the she's not the first person or excuse me she's not the last person that will say this. Mm-hmm. And the and exact it makes, wording, yeah, yeah, yeah. So cut to we got another Santa here. This one is going to a peep show, and this <laughs> this is so crazy. All right, so obviously you and I have never. I will assume you've never been to a peep show like that ever. Have you? No. Yeah. I think those were probably uh, long gone by the time the nineties like rolled around. And uh, anyway, I had no idea that, you know, much like when people go to visit like prisoners in the, um, in prison, you have to pick up the call or the, the phone to talk between the plexiglass. They have that here too. They have, there's a woman behind plexiglass yeah. and at first she's listening to her Walkman and, um, and the Santa, he's like banging on the glass and she finally sees him and they pick up the phone to like talk to one another. It's the weirdest thing ever. I'm asking you listeners, if you lived in the UK in the early eighties uh, and you attended several peep shows or you know what, even if, <laughs> if you're in the U S did you have the ability to talk to the peep show girl via phone through the plexiglass? We want to know here at Obscurity Now. Yes, uh, to all of our listeners in their mid-60s that would have been <laughs> old enough <laughs> and there at the time. Yeah. Right. Yes, please let us know. Yes, please. Um, so anyway, they start talking to each other, and like it's weird. The Creative KV, sorry, in the chat. Uh, Creative KV said that uh, that was Sony product placement, the Walkman. <laughs> I was also, all right, speaking of, I'm glad he brought that up. Speaking of product placement, how distracting is the Peep Show Girl's, like, T-shirt that she... Shirt? Yeah, it's like advertising yeah. something. It's like, it's like some, almost like some local automotive place or something like that. Yeah, it was like something, something deconstruction, like TD's deconstruction. Yeah, it's really, really weird. And it's like... It must have been like a sponsor. Right, and not to be like a, a pervy thing, but like... If you're like a peep show girl, like why are you wearing, you know, all this loose clothing to cover up your figure? Like, it just doesn't really make any well, sense. Well, yeah. Well, I guess the idea is, you know, you because like she says, you know, you got to pay X amount for me to right. take this off. But yeah, you would think she'd wear something a little more form fitting. But yeah, eh, it's a different time, baby. <laughs> it's the eighties. Boys will be boys, and peep show girls will be peep show girls. I guess, um, I guess so. There's a, all right. So they start talking. And at one point she's like, do you want to see me dance? And like the dance that she does is absolutely terrible. <laughs> like it's, uh, yeah, she, she's, she's like, it, cause she says it like, you know, my, my real passion is dancing. Uh-huh. Not, not like as in, you know, I'm a stripper. And then she, she's like, do you want to see? And she's like, okay. And she does a terrible dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the guy's like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have a really weird conversation. Like the Santa, uh, as one would assume, he's like, I, I live with my mother. And uh, the peep show girl is like, oh, me too. And, uh, and then she then proceeds to say that her mom owns the peep show and she's filling in for her tonight. 
But like, yeah, I'm like, this sounds like some bad limerick that they would tell. I think it's supposed to be like funny or something, yeah, like a funny scene. But yes, like it's it, just, it just comes off being like, what? It's too late in the game to try comedy here, uh, guys. Come on now, get it together. So anyway, <laughs> we are back at Kate's apartment. Harris questions Cliff and Kate. Cliff's hand is bandaged, and then Harris accuses Cliff and then gives Kate his card and says that he's, like, available to help her at any time. Now we're back at the very dull police office. Uh, Giles is in there, and Giles and Powell talk. Giles tells Powell to keep an eye on Harris, that you can't trust him. Then he just leaves. Then Powell calls and tells some cops to keep an eye on Harris, which... It's so weird, like, that they're trying to sow doubt in in the cops. Like, you know, you have to go through and that his own partner is sort of like questioning it. Like, you you know, one would think that you would actually have to, like, uh, go through quite a few background checks in order to be a cop in the in the UK. Right. Don't you think? Um, you would think so. And at this point, like they've been working together, you know, yeah. you think like you would know him. And yeah, it's definitely a little weird. Yeah, this feels like a rewrite, like, later on, that uh, Mr. I don't even remember the guy's name. He came in and I screwed everything up. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, so now we're in a church, uh, and Powell is spying on Harris. And then um, later, a drunk Santa stumbles out of a pub. Then he decides to ride a bike. Have you ever tried riding a bike while drunk, you hell? No, I can't say that that I have. Yeah, have you? No, definitely not. Um, I try to do as little as possible when I'm drinking, aside from actually drinking. I did try to go for a run one time while I was drunk. Oh, how'd that work out? I fell. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, the Santa here sort of ends up doing. Uh, so he gets on his bike, and there's some local punks nearby, uh, and they chase him for what first seems to be for no real reason, but whatever, it's the 80s, you can justify that the punks just want to, you know, cause trouble. He falls off his bike, and this gang of, like, five or six punks, they steal his bike. Like, that's all they wanted? Like, I don't know. Ugh. Stupid. Um, so then, Santa, he's still alive here, and it's, all right, all this is very darkly shot and hard to just sort of uh, process. He's shimmying down what looks like a brick wall that's like falling apart that looks like it was a victim of a earthquake or something mm-hmm. and ends up in like some weird tunnel avoids some mad dogs and ends up in this wax museum of torture like yeah okay so i i, I was so confused as to where he was at yeah. i'm like I, i'm like is this like a haunted house that's uh, what i thought it was at first mm-hmm. and i will say like some of the props and stuff in there look pretty cool uh, I'm pretty certain, uh, I guess if I was a real <laughs> researcher and historian, I would have looked it up, but they, I, I hear they've got a lot of like sort of, um, attractions like that in the UK of like, you know, wax museums and tortures places and stuff like that. Um, pretty sure it was a real place. Okay. I mean, do you really see them spending the budget to like build something like that? Oh no, no, no. I mean, I know that this is definitely not something that they built. I was just yeah. like surprised by how i'm sure the lighting helps but like you know like some of those things like look pretty gruesome and cool like this was probably my favorite uh part i they spent way too much time in here (laughs) yeah like 
Yeah, that Santa was wandering around there for what felt like ages. But yeah, they wanted. So to yeah, see, yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit of a catch twenty two because it's like it's by far the coolest scene mm. in the movie, but it's also like fuck, this is dragging this movie out even longer. <laughs> and here is where the big sort of question or plot hole comes into play. It's like you think about the random series events that brought this you know drunk Santa down to this um uh this torture place this wax museum and who mm-hmm. just happens to be waiting down there but the killer like yep. he must have and like he's got like weapons set up mm-hmm. he his like santa sense must tingle whenever there's a drunken santa around like i Spider-Man. guess so i guess yeah. so so uh so yeah he runs around for a while the killer keeps trying to throw tools at him like sharp tools but um he keeps missing, and I, I keep waiting for one to finally make contact and be like, ooh, that was a cool kill. But now, in the end, he gets stabbed in the gut, like, totally lame, which is too bad because I agree with you. The, you know, that whole sort of set piece or set was uh, really cool. And then to just get stabbed in the gut at the end, snore, buddy, snore. Yeah, very lame. So we're back at Kate's apartment and Cliff starts to inspect or suspect Inspector Harris. And then we're at Powell's office. Harris enters and says, this may be my last case because he was getting chewed out by Wonton or the chief or whatever. <laughs> um, then Harris sits and um, t- across from Powell to talk to him. And did you notice that it looked like he was sitting in a completely different room? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. that. That was hilarious. Um, and because they each had their own shot, and one of them looked like he was in the like sort of boring, dingy uh, police office that we've seen before, but Harris looks like he's sitting in some, I don't know, sort of newer, upgraded. <laughs> yeah, and the lighting yeah. is completely different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so they talk about some stuff. Um, nothing too great. And now we're at a, a carnival or fair. I have to say, at this point the um the pace and the plot has like totally dragged and i think i started checking my the clock to see if this thing was going to be done anytime soon um but uh, i don't know what what were your thoughts yeah no i wanted it to end uh <laughs> <laughs> but so, no there was quite a bit more to go yes unfortunately so harris walks around the fair of course there are santas there giving presents to kids there are two Santas there. Uh, this time we get, um, at least there's some little little diversity with these Santas, I'll say. Um, one of them, uh, for some reason, the killer, because of course he has to kill somebody different every time, unless it's the old knife to the gut. He's got like the James Bond knife on his um, on his shoe. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like the like the the toe of this boot, like like a knife just like comes out of it. Right, or you can call it the Van Dam boot from Cyborg. And yeah, he just um, kicks out the knife and kicks one of the Santas in the guts, and then punches him with like brass knuckles or something. Yeah, it was weird. It, it was like like a mace, but for your hand. Yeah, like a, yeah. Like it was just like a bunch of spikes, you know, uh, like a big spiky glove, and he like uh, impales him in the neck with it. I think. By the way creative came in the chat wrote i'm checking the clock right now (laughs) great that means we're doing our job uh but um the other santa he gets a knife 
through the eyeball, uh, which gives them an excuse to do a little bit of eyeball makeup. Like, I thought these uh, kills were actually pretty decent. I mean, at least it wasn't a knife to the gut. At least better. Mm -hmm. And now we're at, like, a flea market, and Cliff is playing his flute, because like a bad boy. And, of course, Kate is there. Harris happens to be there. Um, I don't even really think they talk about anything significant. And we hard cut to the police station. Powell interviews the peep show woman. Um, and peep show woman. Um, oh, yeah. She basically says that. Oh, I saw his face. And Powell was like, really? He's like, oh, yeah, but it was in a mask. <laughs> and, uh, and this is when she delivers the exact same lines as the other lady and says that it looked like his eyes, it looked like he was smiling behind the mask, which this is weird word choices like right there. But um, anyway, Powell says, Oh, you need, I'm going to, you know, give you a squad car to give you a ride home. It might not be safe, but of course uh peep show girl, you know, she's a strong independent woman who lives by her own rules and she just goes ahead and takes a little walk. Um, Kate then calls Harris, but he isn't there. And his um, housekeeper, it's like secretary yeah, housekeeper, or housekeeper, yeah, yeah, housekeeper, says that he's visiting Parklands, which we later learn that Parklands is an insane asylum. So now we're supposed to um, suspect Harris of being the killer. Uh, Peep Show Girl returns to work. Because, I mean, she's just that dedicated of, of a dancer, I guess. She doesn't want to let her mom down. Yes, of course. And so the killer shows up. This time he's not wearing his mask. And this, I thought, was <laughs> kind of a little surprising but also funny. He just breaks through the plexiglass um, of the peep show. Uh, but, Steve, how does he break through it? With his hands. Does he punch it? No, like this. Yeah, he, he just, just fingers straight out. <laughs> just, and the plexiglass explodes as, as soon as his fingers touch A it. hilarious image. If you, can, uh, if, you, if you watch this movie, it might be worth it for this. Um, uh, I will say uh, in the chat, Sasquatch in Time uh, is here. Thank you for joining. He, he made a good point about why Kate may be into him, okay. uh, in, into Cliff. Flute boys know how to pucker up and... Put their fingers in the correct holes of flutes and only flutes. No fear. No fear. <laughs> That's a good point. And uh, it might uh, shed a little bit of light on this terrible script. Um, so basically the slasher um, grabs her by the hair. Wait, did that happen yet? No, there's an awkward foot chase basically where... Yeah, that goes on way too and long. The camera's like fo and the can following them running forever. Yeah, and mostly following their feet, a la Quentin Tarantino style. Mm -hmm. um, and then he ends up catching her and drags her by the hair to a nearby... The killer. Yes, is the who catches. killer catches her, drags her by, uh, which I guess his hideout just happens to be nearby because there's a bed in there. And he chains her up, but he leaves her there and doesn't kill her. Now we're back at Scotland Yard. Powell calls Harris. Harris says he's off the case. Like a lot of what happens happens over the phone in this movie, which is super boring. Um, then Cliff gets brought in. He says he's being held there because Powell suspects him of being the killer, um, even though it doesn't really make any sense at all. And uh, then we uh, hard cut to yet another drunk Santa, you hell, 
mm. wandering around a theater this time. So, of course, the killer, his Santa sense starts tingling. So he shows up. <laughs> Naturally. And um, the, the music is actually decent here before the disco band starts playing. It sounds, it's your typical 80s uh, synth that, you know, you would hear in maybe like Halloween or something like that. But it's only here, and it's like not really used in any of the, of the movie for some reason. Um, I don't know, did the music stand out to you at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, decidedly better than a lot of the other uh, music. And then, like you said, like there's a lady that like, and her band that puts on like a disco-ish performance. Um, and then like the song goes on for like, I don't know, like, like two minutes before part of the stage starts to come like it's like a trapdoor. I, I don't know what's supposed to actually come up. But what does come up is the Santa that you mentioned got the axe to the face. Mm-hmm. And of course, the singer screams and freaks out. See, right, right. Uh, but just not to, I don't know. This um, might be a, a little Easter egg to somebody. The lady singing is Caroline Munro, who. Uh, pretty big in the exploitation community if you will uh she's best known as the bond girl in the spy who uh loved me but yeah basically she's only in this movie to sing this song and that's it and to put her name on the uh, marquee basically right but if you're not a pervert uh you won't know who this is (laughs) you could be a james bond fan Uh, i wasn't calling you a pervert i was just saying uh I mean, Steve, don't get defensive. There's no need to get defensive about this. I, I don't know. Just say you can be a James Bond fan. That's all. But yeah. Oh, sure, sure. If you if you're a James Bond fan, that's into like the obscure women that appeared in the James Bond films from the '60s or whatever. Sure. All right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we're at Kate's. Sorry, Steve. And didn't mean to out you like I'm, that. Hey, Caroline Monroe is a beautiful woman i'll just say that all right so kate kate we're back at kate's kate talks with pal kate says harris doesn't exist which <laughs> what what the hell is going on here how could they... yeah she's like because and all because she called the asylum uh-huh. to you know look for him and the asylum's like oh yeah no one's come to visit i guess to check the visitor log no one no one's come to visit by that name so kate's like telling that inspector pal oh it's like he doesn't exist yeah uh, why doesn't you just and, get on and inspector Google? powell's like and basically inspector powell's like uh i thought you asked me to come here because you had important information don't fucking bother me for this shit again. right right yeah he just uh you know because she's a woman she just gets swept aside and it's like please please the, the men here are talking uh kate right right he's unwilling to listen to her because she does like you know her dialogue's not great but she does have like a you know uh, a hypothesis that she's starting to formulate right right for sure but he but he but he's not having it no no definitely not at all um and uh yeah so pal doesn't believe her kate then goes herself to parkland asylum and then kate calls scotland yard and uh now we're at a department store oh man this movie just lasts forever uh it's only like an hour and 26 yeah, minutes but man but does it drag. there's just so many cuts to random mm-hmm. things and this is possibly like one of the more random like set like scenes where like because before we see the mall santa we just see like a guy walking around and uh you know buying presents or whatever and he sees like an attractive woman pass him and he like 
ogles her very awkwardly and they hang on that shot. Of course. And then he's like, mm. <laughs> and then he just starts walking away. The camera follows him and then we do a hard cut to a mall Santa mm-hmm. like going to the bathroom. So that whole thing with that guy checking out that lady was unnecessary. Right, right, right. I mean, unnecessary is a great way to describe this movie. <laughs> However, Steve, maybe that woman walking by was also some kind of you know, you know, exploitation film star. Oh. I don't know. If, do you know her name? Do you? Hey, look, Caroline Monroe was I'm a just, big just star. No, I don't. I don't. Okay, because maybe they just wanted to put her name in the thing. I don't know. <laughs> you bastard. I, just, I, hey. just, I literally, I really was just asking because I, I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned <laughs> that they had singing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have no idea who that lady was. Uh, so, uh, all right. He knows. <laughs> the mall Santa goes into the men's room uh, to urinate. So, of course, our killer Santa sense starts tingling. But it doesn't matter because somehow he already knew the Santa was going to go in there and take a pee break because he's lurking back in the stalls. Yeah. He comes now, out, takes... Go wait, ahead. Wait, before you describe the kill, Steve, you, you forgot the most horrific thing in this entire movie. As what happens? What's the first thing that the Santa does when he walks into the bathroom? Um, is he singing or something? No, he walks in. He goes. I guess his face is sweaty, so he goes to, like dry it off with a towel that's like hanging off this like it's like a community oh. towel. Yeah, oh, yeah. I guess yeah. I use. Well, I, I I think I have heard of that. That used to be like a thing, but uh, yeah, it's just like this towel that everybody uses. The same towel to dry off their hands, wipe their face, whatever. Uh, and he yeah. just puts his whole face in it. Yeah, if you watch old movies, yeah, you'll see that towel a, a lot. <laughs> uh, it's um. Now, now go it's... ahead and describe this kill because I, I, maybe this should have started the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the the mall Santa, he's basically uh, urinating in one of the the urinals as you do. Mm-hmm. So of course the killer shows up. Takes out his straight razor and uh, hacks off his uh, his uh, his penis. His, his candy cane, um, if you will. Yes, yeah, his uh, Santa's candy cane, and um, basically blood just squirts everywhere. You don't actually see. Yeah, it's like squirting <laughs> into because we they did like a shot when he was peeing of like you know the the pee going into the urine. Obviously, you don't see his candy uh-huh. cane, but uh, then they do the same shot, uh, same camera angle, but now it's blood squirting. Uh, and right. I, I'll give him credit. Okay, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, apparently this uh, scene was edited out of the original UK cut. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so a they then show a, a cleaning lady shows up and finds uh, Santa. And he's like pretty much angled like straight to the camera. But, yeah, it, it's uh, in the Obscuratron. It, it's come up a few times, like the bloody right. Santa and the bathroom. But it's not nearly as uh, gorific as you might think it would be. And the, the, But, of course, the weird thing here is, since nobody knows how to direct human beings in this movie, blood sausage. Oh, you bastard. British blood sausage. <laughs> Thanks, Smoke Monster. Uh, let good. me block him. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the cleaning lady finds the body and, you know, in any other horror movie, she would scream horribly. But since this is 
Uh, don't open till Christmas. There's no scream because she's just too British to scream. I guess. Well, this is a I lady that's like lived through World War One and Two. Yeah. So, <laughs> based on her age, when she walks in, so this ain't nothing, governor. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, um, also, she has no choice but to eat British food. So it, it does nothing for her. All right, why All are right. we trying to uh, upset our two British audience listeners? You will use, I feel like you started this the last time we, I th- when we were um, going over that um, RoboCop comic and the two guys were who, who wrote and drew it were British. You laid into the Brits pretty hard in that episode. So did I, did like, I, I? I don't even remember. <laughs> I'll just follow suit. But That's it's all in good fun. I already forgot about it. We're, we're taking a piss, right? We're taking a piss. We love the Brits. We love them. And anyone who listens to this show. All right, then. So uh, Kate visits Harris at his apartment. They then go out to eat. And it's really... Uh, this really sent me down a rabbit hole here. I was like, is uh, Harris going to end up trying to like hit on her or something? And I, But none of that, of course, happens because it's, it's all very surface level and leads to hardly mm-hmm. anywhere. Cliff tries to follow them into the um, restaurant, but it's too nice for the way he's dressed, so they won't let him in. Uh, and uh, I don't even remember what they really talk about. I don't think it was that important. Uh, yeah, it is important, actually, Stephen. Okay, because uh, Kate, tell. Kate tells Harris, um, "Hey, I've told you my name two times already, and you haven't told me yours." Because she's uh, already figured out that Harris's real name is Harris' son, and that he's right. Giles' brother. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for adding that. Um, and then. Giles uh, just randomly shows up at Kate's and uh, yeah. And that's when Kate reveals all this, that she's figured out that he is the killer that uh, and she's like trying to convince him that like, he doesn't have to be like this. She's like, your brother loves you. He comes to Mm -hmm. visit you. I saw the logs, blah, blah, blah. Giles is Harris's brother. Harris's real name is Harrison. Powell tries to call Kate, um, and she tries to answer the phone, but Giles, how does he kill her? Stabs her. Well, first, he grabs, like, tinsel and chokes her with it. <laughs> right, right, Weak-ass right. tinsel. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe it was stronger back in the 80s. I don't know. Back when they right. back when they let us put a, put asbestos in it before everybody got weak. <laughs> uh, there was lead in that tinsel back yeah. then. Yeah. Anyway, ah. so, yeah, and then, like you said, he stabs her in the stomach, but my favorite part is that uh, Inspector Giles is listening to all this. Here's her blood curling scream, and he says to uh, somebody else that's in the uh, police station with him, "I think Kate's in trouble." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get a mop. <laughs> with, yes, with pretty much that amount of emotion, he's just like, "Oh, well, I think Kate's in trouble." How British! <laughs> St- stiff upper lip there, pal. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, man, this next scene. Okay, so, yeah, our lead heroine is now dead. So how much more movie could there be? Stay tuned, listener. We're going to find <laughs> out. So this next scene cracked me up. Me too. Powell me ar- too. Powell arrives, okay? Kate's dead body. Well, you can clearly see her breathing. I mean, you saw her breathing, right? Yeah, yeah. They should have really killed her, I guess, huh? I'm not saying that, but... <laughs> 
any it's so the problem is is that this is all shot in one boring wide shot right right so yeah she she can't hold her breath like for like the two minutes that this takes right 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 and so powell enters like no uh, other officers are like around and he goes and makes a phone call to someone like literally sitting over her dead body. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the most bizarre looking thing you could like possibly calls the imagine. Station or something. Yeah, yeah, it's so stupid. Uh, and I think uh, he, he tells them to like the station to go to Harris or check on Harris or something, and right. um, and they're like, "Oh no, he's been home all night," and he's like, what? "Yeah, he was he." Yeah, he was following up because earlier in the film, I can't believe there's actually some setup and callbacks in this thing. He, um, after Giles confronted him, he told someone at Scotland Yard to keep an eye on um, Harris. And uh, so anyway, Powell follows Giles to like some sort of weird classic car lot. Um, and there's basically a very slow kind of chase. Giles is hiding in and out of these like classic cars. And then he has the foresight to hook electrodes up to one of the cars. Like some kind of like, I think a car battery or something. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I assumed it would be. Um, and somehow it, why don't you, Oh, 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 sorry about that. that, Powell. Had an alarm go off. Sorry. Keep an eye on Yehel Velasquez. He's up to no good. I apologize, um, listeners. But yeah, so like, um, Powell's like in the like car, like the car lot, like you said. Giles, Giles hooks up uh, like battery jumper cables up to the, uh, mm-hmm. the car, and then Powell goes to like open the door. I don't even know why he was opening the door to this car. But the, as soon as he touches the car, like he just gets electrocuted, and it is hilarious. He is fried to death, and yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty glorious. Um, but again, like all like all of our protagonists are almost dead here, and um, so now we go back with Giles. He's in his like hideout with the Peep Show girl. Um, he gives her some food, and she's all like. Oh, am I gonna eat these bangers and mash without me hands? And so it's an she... apple, by the way, everyone. It's an apple. <laughs> bangers and mash. Um, so Giles um, unhooks her, and uh, I love how she's like, oh, "I promise I won't make a run for it." And they do a close-up of her crossing her fingers. Yeah, very like, slowly crossing her fingers. That's very nice of her to not want to lie to the mm. uh, serial killer, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, basically she, um, she like tries starts. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh, peep show starts, uh, saying something about Christmas. Giles says he hates everything about it. Then peep show starts monologuing about how great Christmas is. He's like, Oi, don't you remember back when you were a little boy get, singing carols, eating, drinking cider, and eating biscuits? And uh, he's like, you know, going into, uh, I don't know what, uh, special mode. He's like, no, stop Yeah, it. yeah, he's and, having like, uh, a, like a mental breakdown. Right. And uh, Peep Show hacksaw Jim Duggins him <laughs> with a board on the ground. Like, you think Giles would have been smart enough to make sure there, you know, wasn't any weapons lying around. But yeah. uh, I guess not. The, the man's insane. Oh, he didn't see her cross her fingers, so he thought it was okay. Thought it was safe. Yeah. 
He's a very trusting serial yeah. killer. But then this scene is all, ugh, God, it's so stupid. Like, cause then she tries to leave. She's like, Oh, the door's locked. And, uh, <laughs> she's like, she's like asking, where's the key governor? And, uh, and he's like, I've got it right here. Yeah. And, and, and then like, don't they cut then to like another scene now? Well, I guess it's, we're supposed to infer that she somehow got the key from him and got out of the of the room. Because the next scene um, is like her like outside, like getting away, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. So there's another foot chase. Um, he chases her up some stairs um, to this sort of like balcony kind of area where uh, she can't get out. Um Let's see. Oh, there's a little piece of uh, info here. He says that she has to die on Christmas Day uh, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's supposed to be the last kill or something. Right. And um, he corners her um, with the chains um, that he had uh, bound her with earlier. She slips around him, and then he tries to, like, you know, lash her with the chains. Yeah, like overheads. Yeah, yeah. It misses and wraps like around this railing. She pulls the chain like through, like underneath the railing, and he's too stupid to let go. So the chain catapults him over the railing, and he possibly falls to his death. Like he falls like I don't know what would you say like fifteen stories or something. Oh yeah, onto concrete. No one, yeah, no one could survive that. And so, of course, in classic, like, bad horror movie uh, fashion or cliche, however you want to call it, she uh, goes down there to inspect the body. He grabs her throat. He's alive, folks. Not a scratch on him, no blood, nothing. And then we get a hard cut to a flashback of uh, young Giles. Uh, I guess Harris, young Harris is there too. He's uh, being given gifts by uh, Santa. It's uh, basically his dad in a Santa suit. He gets a Swiss army knife. And I love it. They show him like <laughs> doing this with the knife, like already sewing like the seeds. Like it, yeah. Yeah, that he could be a serial killer. But I'm pretty sure I did the same thing when I was given a Swiss army knife when I was his age. Uh-oh. But... <laughs> Watch out, uh, 1960s exploit, exploitation actors. <laughs> Steve's Caroline Monroe is, uh, has long since passed, but anyway. I don't know um, if that's a confession or information you're giving me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Shh, I've said too much. It says here her um, murder was never solved, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> the plot thickens, uh, but sadly, this plot does not. Um, so... The mom tells him basically to go to bed so he can wake up and be a big, strong boy the next day. Uh, And I forgot to mention, so there are other people at this sort of Christmas party or whatever. They don't really say who they are. Um, I guess you could say they're maybe neighbors or something. Like friends, whatever, family. Yeah. He opens the door to his room to find his dad in the Santa suit like plowing some woman like on the bed. Yeah. And then mom comes in and having, having uh, the sexual event. Yes. The sexual event. That's what they call That's what the Brits call mm-hmm. it. Um, so his mom uh, comes in and sees what's going on. And then in a very poorly edited series of events, he like 
moves his hand to the camera and somehow mom gets knocked down the stairs and i guess it's implied that she's uh killed basically yeah like giles and, somehow or, or not not giles like the dad accidentally knocked the mom well, down yeah, the so stairs. i was so oops. confused as to who knocked the mom down the stairs yeah because all right they show dad doing this then they show mom lying on the stairs like this but then they cut to giles standing at the top of the stairs holding his swiss army knife like this so i don't know you can make up your own mind this is one of those movies Ooh, ambiguous ending uh but it's not over yet we're almost there uh thank thanks santa we're almost there so um harris then wakes up Inspector and i don't know harris. about yes and i don't know about you but i was like damn are they going for it was all a dream um but anyway, he finally opens the gift that was given to him at the beginning of the film by the bike messenger or whatever you want to call him that his own brother, you know, the psychopath sent him. And I was like, oh, boy, what's it going to be? Is it going to be like his uh, you know, wife's head in a box a la seven or um, I don't know. What did, what did you think was going to be in the box? I... I, 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 I really didn't know at this point. Maybe like a, a bloody Santa hat or something, you know. <laughs> the Santa's uh, blood sausage from before. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, hoping he'd open it up and there'd be a coherent plot. Uh, but Yeah, you know. that would have been nice. But, uh, but no, it makes absolutely no sense. First, it's like a, a music box, mm-hmm. but instead of a ballerina in there twirling, it is a Santa Claus uh, which, I mean, has, has that ever been a thing? Like, who would want that? But anyway, he sets the box down and, you know, very Britishly just sort of sits and, I don't know, I, I assume he had a drink and was, like, sipping it. And then out of nowhere, the box explodes. End yeah. of movie. The box explodes. Inspect, the inspector, like, falls out of his chair very slowly. It's all in slow motion. And I guess he was killed. I mean, it was an explosion, uh, but how much, how much like C four or dynamite or whatever they had back then could you put in that tiny box? I mean, it wasn't like that big of an explosion though, because the guy was in the same room as the explosion, and you know, it wasn't like composited. They wouldn't have been able to afford mm. that anyways, and he just kind of like gently like you know, falls out of his chair. I don't know. I, I, I guess Giles got the last laugh. Yeah. So the question here is like, you know, is the peep show girl dead? Like did, I mean, so Giles yes. won in Giles the end? He won, beat everyone? I think is a thing. By the way, Creative KV wrote that this is the most attention this movie's gotten since someone pushed another movie over it in the bargain bin decades ago. <laughs> Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because, yeah, I was like, man, I haven't seen a lot of people uh, talking about that. But in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in that discusses uh, movies like this, someone was like, hey, could somebody uh, recommend me like a, a sleazy horror um, uh, Christmas movie kind of like don't open till Christmas? And I'm like, wow. So I guess someone else has watched this. But uh Anyway, are you ready to render your verdict on Don't Open yes, Till let's Christmas? Yes, <sighs> All right. <laughs> I'm almost out of steam here. So, 
Mr. Velasquez, do you think Don't Open Till Christmas should have never been opened? Or should it be open and given to the world with joy and uh, goodwill toward men? Um, you know, there are like three kind of fun kills, like the, the car electrocution kill, the castration kill, and the grill kill. Uh, but the unfortunately for me, it is not enough to make up for how slow this less than 90 minute movie feels, the bad editing. If they would have like leaned into um, it being camp, because the movie's like played for serious, like deadly serious. Oh, probably. yeah. Britishly serious. Yes. If it would have been played up for camp, it could have been good, uh, at least in a so bad it's good kind of way. But nah, for me, it's a uh, obliterate. Yeah, I feel like uh, this movie definitely deserves a, a remake. Um, I feel like it could be a fun one if you had uh, actual people over IRL. Like, you know, you're passing around the uh, holiday spirits, if you will. You know, you could probably have a good time, like, making fun of it. But uh, watching it alone <laughs> and trying <laughs> to find, uh, like, meaning and all the meaninglessness of the mini cuts and <laughs> horrible edits and stuff is uh, makes for a pretty tough watch. Uh, I would almost say it might deserve a, um, a stalemate, but nah, nah, brah. This uh, this movie deserves to be obliterated, and so it shall be. Here we go. The heathens have spoken. You are obliterated. All right. I, uh, do you want to say that uh, smoke monster here in the live chat? Excuse me. He uh, commented that you know it's bad when a blood sausage urinal castration can't even save it. <laughs> that's true yeah usually you know if you put uh if you put crotch trauma in a movie you know people talk about it for a long time what does everyone know robocop for because he shot a man in the crotch yeah like but uh but yeah this it's just like i don't know i feel like you really they probably really had to dig to unearth this one i think a uh, vinegar syndrome has like a dvd or blu-ray of it um if you're into physical media um but yeah i mean i don't know i don't think there's any reason to go out of your way to watch this one like i said unless you really want to see what your drunken friends think about it but yeah. uh, i think we had a pretty good time with it here though what do you think i had a better time talking about it than watching it that's for sure yeah. uh, and the last thing i want to mention in the chat is that sasquatch in time uh the, the quatch if you will quatch. he said that uh in the chat that it probably makes its rounds in the mall santa's ring <laughs> oh man that would be so man I, that's a good idea well right now blade is too afraid to talk to santa but uh if he'll go up to one um one one year i'm gonna be like hey you ever seen that don't open till christmas and see what kind of reaction uh i get yeah. um also I, I meant to tell you they had the um hollywood christmas uh parade as they do every year and allegedly dean kane was gonna be in it um, and I was going to film myself yelling to him, I loved you and Andy the talking hedgehog to see what kind of reaction I would get. But for some reason, he wasn't there. He dicked out. Uh, well, that's okay, Steve. Uh, I, I think you're better off. He, no, he, I want to know. He probably would, doesn't even remember the movie. He's... <laughs> 
he was just coked out of his mind on that. Yeah, more like Quaalude uh, did out of his mind. Uh, but yeah, mm. um, that was don't open till Christmas. Uh, don't open it ever. Yes, well, uh, let us know if you think otherwise uh, in the comments. And uh, thank you to uh, everyone who shows up uh, live or have been showing up uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's made for some really fun shows. This is most likely going to be the last live stream of the year. Uh, we've got some pre-recorded episodes to come up uh, so we can just relax during the Christmas holiday and go, go around murder some Santas. You know what I'm saying, Yehel? You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. I'm slowly turning into Dick Dietrich from Nightstand. Uh, from what? Yeah, Dick Nightstand. You know, Timothy Stack, the, the guy who played, um, you know, from Son of the Beach, who was also on Nightstand. Remember? Nightstand. It's the where it's like a TV show. Yeah, it's where they made fun of Jerry Springer. You don't remember? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. It was I. Yeah, it's a deep I remember cut. It now. It's a deep Steve. reference. That, that we should cover that one. Oh, I think it's been on the list for a long time. But uh, but yeah, but of course there'll be plenty more um obscure episodes and live streams coming in 2024. Um, and uh. I am uh, actually going to be on the East Coast soon, so I'm hoping that maybe Helen and I can do an in-real IRL uh, live stream, but I don't want to make any promises. Anyway, I think we're done here, Yehel. What do you think? Uh, let's get out of here, everybody. Have a happy holiday, a uh, uh, happy new year, and uh, yeah, stay safe. All right, yeah, man. Uh, we'll see you uh, next Sunday in a pre-recorded episode as we continue to unearth more obscure media only on... Obscurity Now. See you next time. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.